This is People of the Book with Janice Leibovitz. I am Janice Leibovitz and you are my People of the Book. And today I'm so pleased to have an old friend of the show. Oh, by old, I mean not in age, definitely not in age. But <laughs> getting old, getting old. <laughs> no, no, no. All of it happens to the best of us. But old in terms of this Chetty has been a guest on the show from when I started doing the show. And I think probably before that, when my, hmm. the previous presenter was doing the show. So yeah, really an yeah. old friend to the show, Viz Chetty of Penguin Random House, South Africa. Welcome to the show. It's great to have you back. Oh, thank you so much, Janice. It's, it's, you know, it's so funny. I was thinking a few weeks ago, I haven't been on Radio Chai in a long time. I, sh- I should be invited at some stage now. And then the following week, you sent me a message. So I'm glad to be back. Thank you so much. It and is so, uh, so yeah. good to have you. And this is going to be tedious. I mean, do you ever, you know, when you think, oh, I really want to read something good. I don't know what's out there. You know, I wish someone would suggest something great. And this is here to tell you what you need to look out for. He has got a list in front mm. of him. Um, a lot of the stuff is already on the shelves. Some of the stuff will be released within the next month or two. But Viz is here to prepare you for when you walk into that shop or when you click your online bookstore and you want to buy something and you really want to head into something good, he's here to let you know what Penguin Random House have in stock for you. Right, without further ado, and I want to just ask you, I know, um, you know, with COVID and everything, there were so many delays and um, there was a lot of import issues. Mm. Are you still experiencing that? No, we've actually, things have kind of balanced out a bit. We, <laughs> the shipping was a nightmare and it wasn't just the book industry. Anybody in business would know it was across the board. And, um, you know, when Apple runs out of stock, you know, you wow. know, it's bad. You know? <laughs> so yeah, I know we've had some issues last year, but as we, as we approached the end of last year and got into this year, it completely sort of balanced out again. So we okay for now. Thank God. Um, we're yeah, breathing a sigh of relief. <laughs> Yeah, we are still having some issues. You know, there were some issues with paper in the Far East and things like that. Um, but in terms of shipping, it's kind of come, it's gotten better now. I have to oh, say. That's good to hear. Yeah. So before we head into a break, I'm sure we have time for at least one book. <laughs> Top of the <laughs> list, what's there? Let's jump into it. So um, the first book um, is out now. It's um, it's an old favorite. I always present her titles because I love Leslie Pierce so much. I mean, I've met her in person. Um, she's, she's a natural storyteller. She, you know, you could sit with her or read her books. She'll tell you a story. Yeah. Um, and you know, this book uh, that's out now is called Deception. Um, I, I'm not sure if you've had a chance to read it. I haven't yet. had a chance to read it. I do have it, okay. but I haven't have had a, a chance to read it yet. I do have okay. a copy. I'm glad. Okay. Yeah. So Deception is, um, you know, what she does best. It's a mystery. Um, it's it's set in um, two timelines. So a, a, a woman dies, she passes away, and her daughter is at the funeral. And she gets approached by a man who she's never met before, a complete stranger to her. And the man comes up to her and says he actually um, bigamously married her mother uh, years and years ago and that he's actually her father. Oh, <laughs> so it's not enough. You just lost your mom. Now you, yeah, now you get told your father's not your real father and I'm your father, you know, so, so she's completely coming to terms with exactly who her mom was. And her mom was, had this amazing life. It just, uh, just a rich life filled with 
good and bad things. And, and, you know, there's some, there's some deep themes in the book as well. So the, the book starts off with this mystery and this young woman trying to figure out who uh, her mom really was. And as a result, kind of figuring out who she is, you know, that sort of coming of age as well there. And the, the alternate timeline goes right back into her mom's time as well. Uh, which is really fascinating. I felt that the timeline of the mum was even more fascinating than this girl trying to uncover things in the Ooh, past. Sounds good. You know, and it's it's one of those moments where, you know, there's an ending, there's a twist at the ending. You'll see it coming. I'll be honest with you. You'll see the twist coming. But it wouldn't matter because the journey was so good. The story was so good. She's such an expert at just melding these two timelines together. So when you get to the end, you've, you've figured it out, but it's done in such a beautiful way. Um, it leaves you with a, with a good sort of feeling at the end. So I think uh, Leslie Pierce, she never lets us down. She's a book a year author. She Every year she comes out with a new one. And every year the book is just as good as the last one. And if you are a fan, it's in store now. You can pick it up. Uh, it's called Deception. And that's the new Leslie Pierce. Great. And I know I loved her previous book. That was Suspect. And yes. uh, yeah, I raised through that. That was, that was so good. I really yeah. enjoyed that. You yeah, are listening great. to People of the Book. And today we are getting some great book suggestions from Viz Chetty from Penguin Random House. I love it when you read to me. This is People of the Book with Janice Leibovitz. I'm Janice Leibovitz, and today my guest is Fizz Chetty from Penguin Random House, South Africa, and he is letting us know what is on the shelves at the moment, and he's also going to let us know what is up and coming in the next month or two for us to look forward to. So we've already had one great suggestion, the Leslie Pierce book, Deception. What's next? All right. So the next one on the list is a book by Paddy Crew. Um, and the book is called My Name is Yip. You know, these days people don't read Westerns the way they used to. You know, it's like if you remember Westerns back in the day uh, used to be really, really big as a genre. You know, yeah, now um, we, we uh, tend to watch them instead of read them. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know if we watch them anymore. <laughs> you know, in the past years, we've had great Westerns, though, books and movies. You know, there's some really good ones. If you think of movies like True Grit and all that sort of stuff, some good ones came up. But anyway. Well, you're giving Westerns, away your age. <laughs> yeah. And if you look at the genre of Western, right, it's evolved. And that's that's what I like about it. It's not just the Louis L'Amour type novel. Yeah. No, it's much deeper, right? So the next book, um, my name is Yip, came into our office. We had proofs early, early on. We all started reading it. And it very, very quickly became an in-house favorite. And we made it a focus. It's a debut novel by this author, Paddy Crew. He writes beautifully. I mean, for a debut author, you'd be so surprised at how good it is. And I think that he's one of those authors you, you're going to see his name pop up in the years to come. Because um, he, he seems like one of those guys that will just do different things as well. So I think Paddy Crew is a name you should should look out for. The book is called My Name is Yip. And it's set in 1815 uh, in a small town in uh, the American... Um, frontier, you know, back then. So it was called Heron's Creek in Georgia. And this little, this boy is born. And from the start, I mean, all the chips are against him. He's born mute. He's, he has medical issues. He's a social outcast. His father disappears under some very sort of mysterious circumstances. So his mother raises him and she's a strong woman. She runs a little business like a general store. And she's, you know, she struggles to, to keep things going, but she's trying. And um, she kind of leaves him to find his way in the world in a way because she, you know, she doesn't have the support or 
you know, really the time. So she, she just lets him be. And, um, you slowly learn, he, he sort of makes friends with someone. Um, a, a friend of his called Dud Carter. Well, it's a very outback name, Dud Carter. And so <laughs> Dud Carter and him, um, you know, they get up to certain things as, as 15, as boys of 15 do. And, um, it turns out they, they commit this crime. And now they sort of on the run. And it's, it's during this, this sort of almost road trip, this run that they're on trying to get away is he sort of, he comes of age and he learns about what it's like to, you know, be courageous and to struggle and hope and in all those sort of things and brotherhood and friendship. He figures all these things out. And, and as they realize the further they get away from what they've done, you know, the sort of, they have to come back and it's that kind of thing. So it's a, it's a stunning novel. I think if, if, if you haven't read a Western before, <laughs> you'll still love it. Uh, it's not, so, it's not a genre. It's not written in a way where you think, oh, you know, you've got to like Westerns, but it's different. It's very different from, from normal stuff. Some people will pick it up and, It'll take a while to get into, but I think when you do it, it, you'll find that it's a stunning novel. And for a debut, I'm really impressed. So um, my name is Yip, is out now. Um, the author is called Paddy Crew. It's um, it's out in stores now. So it's a really, really great book, and you should pick it up. Okay, great. I've also got a copy of this one that I haven't got to yet. So <laughs> Read it. I'm so curious to see what you have to say about it. Okay, <laughs> I will let you know. Okay, cool. next on the list. Right. I'm going to go into, you know, I always mix it up. I always try and mix it up because I, I like your audience, I'm not sure uh, like what people read specifically. And I know it could be anything. It's pretty broad. So what I do is I try and give you a nice broad list, which is what I've done here. The next one is a nonfiction title by the one and only James Patterson. He's done a biography called Stories from My Life. He, and he has, book? you know what, I have heard of this and I'm fascinated because, I mean, you know, I, I get these, these book lists and every second book seems to be by James Patterson and he has mm. ventured into nonfiction because mm. I actually saw something the other day <laughs> that I, I'm not going to say it fascinated me. I think it shocked me because yeah. he's written a book about Diana and her sons. Um, yes. Uh, yeah, yeah Harry and, <laughs> and William. Yeah. Um, well, I don't know, but I, I was like, what? James Patterson wrote that. Sorry. Uh, how? Uh, I'm, I'm quite amazed by, by the, the avenues that he's, that he's discovering now and the, the roads that he's branching off into. It's quite interesting. Really, really interesting. You know, I met one of our South African authors a while ago, a few years ago, and she, um, she was given an opportunity to write a book shot. Remember they used to do book shots? Yes, yes. Was that that Janita? No, it wasn't. Um, it was the other one. I can't remember. I'll, I'll, the name will come to me okay. now. But she's a no, very no popular sort of author. Um, and she told me, like, the whole experience of writing for him was, it, it, it's like a machine. You know, he's got a really, really professional bunch of people in yeah. his team. And they have strict deadlines. And it's everything's, you know, you got to check each block as you go. So it's if you if you fault on any one of those, they can just kick your project out. So it's wow. really strict. Yeah. So I think I'll tell you why I put this book on the list because I think he's an important figure in the literary world. And as much as he writes commercial thrillers, he like you said, he's now gone into lots of great nonfiction. The the John uh, the John Lennon one was a fantastic one. I think he did the JFK one, which was good as well. He's a very important figure in our world and in, it's certainly in penguins world because he's you know he makes a lot of money for us let's just be honest he writes <laughs> so much um and he produces good stuff and i'm glad like we did now with dolly parton and we did the bill clinton one you know he did some really great ones with us recently too yeah 
Yeah, and I think that when I looked at this, I thought I have to read this man's biography because he started off as a journalist and, you know, he had such an interest, interesting life. And then now it's like writing is a business. Like how if you think about Stephen King's uh, on writing that book and how he talks about his process of writing. Yeah. This book is more about Patterson's approach to writing as a business, but also these are deep, intimate stories of his life. Like lots of people don't know. On the morning he was born, he nearly died, right? Um, oh, he didn't God. love to read when he, when he was growing up, but obviously that changed. Um, he worked in a mental hospital in Massachusetts where he met the singer James Taylor and Robert and the poet I had Bob heard Love. that, yeah. 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 Um, you know, and it's very interesting things. He once watched James Baldwin and Norman Mailer square off to trade punches at a party, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, he's only been in love twice. Both times were amazing, you know, <laughs> and, and, and things like that. So I think that Dolly Parton calls him JJ and she sang happy birthday to him uh, over the phone once, you know. <laughs> uh, three American presidents have invited him to play golf with him. I mean, who has a life like that? It's yeah. so interesting, right? So that's why I put this book on this list because I think he's an important figure in the literary world and he's had a very interesting, entertaining life that you would love to read about. So these are stories, the stories of my life by James Patterson um, and it's out now. So if you if you see it in store, pick it up. It's got this wonderful picture of him. Um, he looks like he's in his late 30s or mid-30s somewhere. <laughs> Which he is clearly not anymore. <laughs> yeah, you know, the classics, I mean, black sort of polo neck. Um, <laughs> A writer, writer's polonet, which is good. So I think, yeah, I think you'd love it. Um, if you're a fan of, of his work, most certainly so. But if you're a fan of someone who's really lived an interesting life and also built a business out of uh, lit- literature and has done it in a really big way, as you and I know, you should read this book. It's, it's brilliant. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Right. Can I go into the next one? Yes. Give us okay. another one. Let's go. Okay, so I'm going to keep it in non-fiction, uh, and I'm going to go closer to home. So this is uh, a local title that's out now. So the book is called My Journey to the Top of the World by Sarah Kumalo, and she's the first African black woman to summit Everest. Wow. Um, it was not an easy task. If you read the book, she tried. I would imagine not. <laughs> Four times, and I think once she had to be airlifted off because she couldn't oh. make it off there. You know, and it's her story of where she came from and how she eventually got to the top of Everest. Um, we published the book and it's so funny. We published the book and then we were like, okay, we need to do, you know, we need to, um, we released the book a little earlier than usual. And then we said, like, we need to do publicity and get in some interviews. But then they said, no, she's in, um, Japan or something. You know, she was, she was, I was like, of course she's in Japan trying to climb Mount Fiji or whatever. Right? So, so, um, we had to wait a bit, but she's back now and the book is in store, so you will find it everywhere. It's fascinating. I mean, she, she lived in, 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 um, she grew up in Zimbabwe and born in Zambia and then when she came to South Africa and she worked for, um, you know, she worked for FNB when, when they were doing e-bucks and e-bucks t- took off and she was part of that team. Sure. So she was part of a corporate, the corporate lifestyle, the corporate culture, you know. And then she um, moved to Discovery from there. When she was at Discovery, someone said to her, um, "You know, we um, we had this trip, and we wanted it's for charity, but we're gonna we're gonna climb uh, Mount Kili, Mount Kilimanjaro." And she said, "Wow, you know, that's one of the things she's always thought about doing." And she was even when they lived, when she lived in America once. Someone asked her if she'd ever, because they asked her where she's from, and they asked her, "Have you ever climbed Mount Kilimanjaro?" And she said, "No," and she wondered. It was right there on her back door and she never did it and she wondered why. So she had this opportunity to go climb Mount Kilimanjaro and 
she did it and she went up there and it, that chapter when you read that chapter about how difficult that was she really really tells it really tells you how um, what an amazing person she is she managed she, she summited and from there it went into other things and eventually she got to Everest so she you know they climb different mountains and different continents and things like that there's a term for it I forget it now but that was her goal so she became a, like almost a full-time climber Wow. And, you know, and she's, she's got, um, and, but the whole thing and like how she actually even started climbing was she couldn't, she used to uh, ride bikes, like mountain biking. And in the first, like in the, what do you call it? The forward to the book, she falls off her bike and, and hits this rock and splits her helmet in two. And she has this terrible injury. And the doctor said to her, no, no more, no more biking for you, please. And then she starts running and then she starts at a 5k and eventually she does a 42k when she was supposed to do a 21k. So she's one of those people that just yeah. pushes, pushes the boundaries all the time, you know? So I think, um, it's, it's, it's her biography and how she actually got to this, but you learn so much from her in terms of what it means to have true grit and just live a life with passion and energy and, you know, that kind Kind of thing. So I think it's inspiring, um, and that's why I put it on the list. It's one of one of my favorite local uh, nonfiction titles. We've got so many great ones this year, but this was one of my faves on the list for Amazing. sure. Amazing. Okay, yeah. great. And yeah. I hope you are finding something that appeals to you. You got your pen and paper. I will put these titles on Facebook as well, in case you are not. Uh, Managing to get them down, but we will, <laughs> I will post the titles and the covers so that if you walk into a shop or look online, you'll instantly, um, they'll instantly catch your eye. Um, but we'll have more after this. I love it when you read to me. This is People of the Book with Janice Liebowitz. I'm Janice Liebowitz. You're listening to People of the Book. And today I'm talking to Viz Chetty from Penguin Random House. And he is letting us know what titles are available at the moment and what is coming up in the next couple of months if you are looking for something great to read. Without further ado and no more hesitation, what's next for us? You know, Janice, I know that you like a good thriller. I have a feeling. I do. Like, <laughs> I do. <laughs> Every time we talk, we always come down to a good thriller. No matter That's what we talk very about. true. <laughs> okay. So what I'm going to do now is going to give you one of the old, you know, series that's been around for ages. Tess Gerritsen, um, the Rizolian Isle series, you know, she's been around oh, for it's... ages and a day. And, and I think that it's only fair that we put her new book on this list and tell people about it. I think it's fantastic. Have you read her? But I haven't read her recently, but yeah, I read her many years ago. She's, yeah. I mean, she's another one who never disappoints. No, no, she never does. And she writes so well. It's a really good pace. You know, it's the perfect sort of poolside read if you want or if you're at the beach. It's that kind of stuff. So she never lets you down. The book, the new book is number 13 in the Rosalian Isles series. It's called Listen to Me. And that's coming out next month. So it's going to be August. So that'll be a couple of weeks time. You should see it on the shelf. It's, it's a fantastic new read. It's Set in in Boston, and our our medical examiner and detective Jane Rizzoli and Maura Isles are they come across this case, and it's a very interesting one. The woman's uh, name is Sofia Suarez. She's a she's a widow and a nurse, and she's one of those people that you know the neighbors love her. Whoever meets her, she's a really good, kind-hearted person, and and now she's been murdered in in a in a in a, in a home. 
And people are thinking, you know, how can this happen? Or why would this happen? Or, you know, what's the motive behind such a sense? It seems just senseless, right? But then as they get into the case, they realize that Sophia is a really interesting character because as she had this whole image of what she was to everybody else, she had lots of secrets. And especially in her last days before this, when they go through the phone records, they find certain contacts and she was using sort of a burner phone. And why would she do that? You know, and slowly but surely they make a connection with Sophia and another case. A few months before that, there was a victim of a hit and run. That victim is somehow connected to Sophia and her murder now. And it's all starting to sort of blend into one and trying to figure out exactly what is going on and what was Sophia Suarez involved in. But it's, you know, the, the one thing that's clear is that this killer, the person who's killed, is doing everything they can to keep their secret safe and keep the, the, these detectives uh, off um, his or her back. At the same time, Rizzoli's mom is, you know, she's, it's an alternate sort of story. She's hasn't had a decent night's sleep um, <laughs> because she's concerned about her daughter, as all moms would be. Um, and, you know, she's just really, really stressed out about her. And and she's got like new people that's moved down the road. And um, it's just, normally it's a quiet, sleepy suburb, but ever since they moved in, things have started to change, strange things are happening in the neighborhood. And you can imagine where I'm going with this, but um, eventually, you know, these these sort of timelines start to sort of meld into one another. And yeah, so she sees things and her daughter says to her, no, you just, you know, you're just being a little paranoid or whatever. But she says, no, there's something going on down the road. So how does this all connect? You have to read and find out. So I think mm. it's a great delivery by Tess Garrison. She never lets us down. It's been a while. If you haven't read her in a while, you're going to read, you know what's going to happen? You're going to pick it up. And then you're going to go, ah, I don't know how good these were. I yeah, you forget. You actually forget. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. If you read number 10 and you missed 11 and 12, you're going to want to go back and read number 11 and 12. That's what That I'm generally saying. happens. So, yeah. So that's what I felt because I was just like you. I read it a few, maybe I read it up until 9 or 10. Yeah. And then, you know, and then I picked up this one. And I thought, I don't know how good she was. And let me just go yeah. back and I picked up the other stuff. And she has enough yeah. to touch. No, not at all. Not no. at all. Yeah. So this one is, um, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be in store in a few, in a few weeks. So you should, you should see it there. The next one. Okay. So this one is, um, I'm going to be completely frank. It's a bit of a passion pick. Um, <laughs> it, it came across. If you, if you've been online, you will, you will have seen it maybe, or people are talking about it. Or if you, let's say, into video games. <laughs> you would have probably seen this. Uh, so the book is by uh, Gabrielle Zevin, and the book is called Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow. Have you heard of this one? I have not heard of this one. Okay, all right. It's, Clearly it's not a gamer. Stunning, <laughs> yeah, but you don't have to be. That's the thing. It's 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 a love story. At the heart of it, this is a love story. But it's a very different one. It's, it's done really differently to your normal, uh, I want to say, and uh, with all due respect to the book top fans, the book top love story, okay? <laughs> so it's very different to that. So Sam and Sadie um, are these two, the two main characters, and they meet when they are very young, and they bond over one thing, and that one thing is video games. They love video games. If you're a child of the 80s, you remember like all those all those video games when they started creeping it. This is the timeline we're talking about. So we're talking about these kids who just adore that that sort of thing. Think Stranger Things, that kind of thing. Um, <laughs> So they develop a friendship, right? And then this friendship goes on for 30 years, right? Three decades of friendship. Highs and lows, and they fall in love with each other, and then they fall out of in love with each other. And, you know, you get a third person uh, who is sort of entered into their lives, and it's sort of, 
you know, it becomes very complicated. And through it all, um, they also kind of, you know, over the years work together and they design video games. And that's kind of where the story um, is. So it's a, it's really, really interesting. And, and if you think about the themes of, of all these things like love and jealousy and, and friendship and all that sort of thing. I think this is a, a book that's really different. If you like to read a good love story, but you want something a little different. And like I said, you don't have to be into video games. That's just, that was just sort of a backdrop of yeah. it actually. That sounds um, good. <laughs> it's really, really good. And you'll be so surprised at how well it's written. Um, and you know, like I've read review people talking about it online and people saying this book actually made me nostalgic for my childhood <laughs> when, when I was thinking about, you know, uh, how I grew up in video games and things. Um, so I think you're going to really, really enjoy it. Uh, it's very original. It's one of the more original, um, uh, novels and love stories that I've read in a long, long, long time. Um, I think it's going to be one if you're going to see like, um, awards, not awards, like maybe, yeah, maybe some awards, but if you're thinking about lists where people say top 20 fiction for 2020, this is going to be there. Somewhere. Oh, wow. Is, okay. Yeah. This is going to be like one of those ones where it's quiet, but it's just like sort of becomes like a cult favorite. One so, of those sleeper hits. Yeah. Yeah. And the author has done some stuff before. She did an, a book called The Story Life of AJ Fikri. Oh, um, I love that book. Do you remember that? Now you yes. know. Yeah, so the same author. Same author. Oh, that was same fabulous. Author. Yeah, so um, she's. This is her new book. It's called Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow. Oh, I'll I'll definitely look for that. Okay. Yeah. You can't miss this jacket. Uh, the cover. It's just so gorgeous. Um, Gabrielle Zevin is the author. Oh, okay, definitely, definitely looking for that. Okay. Cool. All right. Yeah. And then the next one is uh, let's go back into some nonfiction um, and let's bring it closer to home. I know we all have woes about. SCOM and loan shedding and things <laughs> like that. But I think it's time we understood exactly what's going on. And that's why I put this list in there because this title in the list, because I think it's, um, you know, people want to know exactly what's going on. Kyle Cohen, the author of this book, and the book is called Sabotage. Um, yeah, I've Kyle seen Cohen this everywhere. Been, you've seen it, right? <laughs> yeah. So as I, might, I thought I might as well mention it. I mean, he uh, has been reporting on um, the SCOM uh, story for a, a long while now. And, um, you know, he's, he's got such in-depth information in this book. It's so great to read. I mean, he, he doesn't talk about what it is now, like what the, what ESCOM is now. He actually goes into a bit of the history and where they're coming from and exactly what uh, is going on. So what happens was when you read the book, um, you, you read about last year at the end of 2021, um, there was a, there was a pylon that was, that someone had dropped in, in the uh, three state. It was very specific because it was close to the Litaba power station, which is a very big power station. And, um, it wasn't the main pylon. It was a smaller one, right? And you, at first you think, okay, you know, the cable thieves, whatever. But then you realize that the time at which these guys had cut this pylon was about, I want to say six o'clock. It was around that time. And we all know between six and 10 is when the demand goes the highest for the right. whole day, right? And then it starts again in the morning when we all get ready for work. And they dropped this pylon, and that pylon supported one of the cables that carry coal to the power station, right? So immediately it went from, you know, if they didn't resolve it quickly, it was going to go from, especially the demand at that hour, was going to go from stage, I think it was two to, I think, five. And it was 
you know, it was really odd. So Andre Dureta came on the next day or a few days later and he said, look, we are under sabotage. We have people are trying to sabotage our, our network and, and our service delivery. And he's been claiming that ever since he was in, ever since he's been in office. And he, even now he says, you know, yeah. so people are trying to sabotage them. So all about the issues that they have, they've got this other issue on the side of people trying to cripple the system. And it's internal, isn't it? That sabotage is internal. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a cast of characters in there that's really interesting. Um, I think it's one of those ones that's going to give the reader a bit more understanding of what is actually going on there. It's really well written. Um, it's out now. It's in stores. We, we released it a little earlier. If you get a chance, read this. because Even, really, even, really... even, even for a skeptic like me who believes that we never get told the truth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and you know, he, he's, he's taken a really, really um, sort of diplomatic stance on it. And he's very fair to a lot of the politicians there, but you know, sometimes you got to look at it deeper. And, and uh, if you read the book, you'll know what I'm saying. So I think it's a really important book for now. Um, if you really want to understand what's going on there and, and why we're in the situation and where it's going from here, you know, it's a good book to read. Um, so that's Sabotage by Kyle Cohen. Um, okay. It's out now in stores. Okay. Right. And the next one, I'm going to keep it in, uh, in the local front as well is one of those ones that it's it's a follow-up to a book that we released, um, I want to say, a year and a half ago, and that's done really, really well. You know, people love true crime, and this is really, for me, it really kind of, I'll be honest with you, it kind of freaked me out because um, it was too close to home. You know, when you read about true crime in, in America or reading about Ted Bundy and all that stuff, it's different to something that you read about here because... This is so close to home. Um, the book is Profiler Diaries. If you've read the oh, first one. I can't one, wait. I actually look, didn't read the first one, but I cannot yeah. wait to get my copy of the second one. And I know oh. that Chad Thomas on our own channel, um, M, interviewed the author, Gerard Labaskachny, yes. recently. And yeah. I absolutely cannot wait to get my hands on I'm a true crime Junkie. I listened oh. to the True Crime SA podcast with Nicole Engelbrecht, um, yes. religiously, and she is fantastic. If you're looking for a local true crime podcast, that's the one to get. And I cannot wait for this. Tell, tell me all about this. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, what was that podcast again? Just so I can have it's it in my... It's True Crime South Africa, crime. TCSA, and okay. it's Nicole Engelbrecht. She is okay, a master at what she does. She also <laughs> did the um, companion podcast for Devil's Door. Oh, wow. Which won, won an award. Um, yes, yeah. yes. Okay, cool. I'll give that a listen. I'm also a YouTube crime fan. Definitely. But like I said, if you haven't read the profile of Dennis, it will freak you out because there'll be places <laughs> where like, like I know when I was, when I was a rep and I was on the road all the time, I would be like, I just drove right by it. I used to drive by right. it every day. And then he's talking about a body that was found on the N14. You know, I'm like, I used to drive there every single day, yeah. two times a day, right? Um, so that's why it kind of got to me. So he, he gives you cases and what he, what he does best and what I think why he's so good at what he does is, and I don't know how this man has, like, like how he is the way he is, because he's seen some of the darkest things you can think of as a, as a human being. Um, and he's seen some really hectic cases. So the and first he's, one. He's such a happy, smiley looking guy. I know. <laughs> <He's> like, <laughs> I don't know what to expect these people to look like. And it's so funny because I was talking to someone about this <laughs> earlier. Like some of the people who write the most dark and twisted stuff 
they're like yeah. such bright, sunny looking people. And, yeah. and you kind of think, but what goes on in your head? <laughs> Where yeah. do you come up with the stuff? <laughs> exactly. They just sort of, there's this dark spot somewhere on which they're yeah. not showing us yet, except for when they survive books. Um, yeah, that's, you know, you hit the nail on the head. I used, I, when I looked at this guy and I thought, there's no way this is the guy because, you know, he looks right. so balanced and happy. You know, you, Absolutely. I just think like Pete Bellafeld with the greasy hair. Right. So he really looked the part. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We took it to another level. Yeah. Anyway, so Profiler Diaries came out, right? And we, when we when we looked at it, it comes to our, our meetings and call concept meetings, and we loved it immediately. We thought, okay, this is South African. People can relate, you know, so we should publish it. And it came out, and it just shut the lights out. I mean, everybody picked it up and read it. Um, except for you, Janice. I'm going to get you a copy, so we'll, we'll talk about that. Please. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get you a copy. Um, and then in that book had these really, really interesting cases. And he's worked on some of the biggest South African crime cases we've ever had. Right? Remember, he picked up from Mickey Pistorius. Yes. Who was a huge profiler. I mean, she he took her, her place and she, um, you know, I mean, big figure. So in this book, he gives us about six more cases. And what I liked about it is he takes you from the crime itself. And then goes a bit into the, the actual perpetrator, like the, the criminal. And then he goes into the court case and what happened there and even afterwards, right? So it gives you the full run through of the whole case. He doesn't just tell you this is the case and leaves it there. No, no, no. He tells you how they caught the sus, how they caught the guy or, you know, he, and that can, so it gives you everything. So it's really satisfying. And it's, there's six cases in the new one. He covers the Nizer murder, murder series, Port Elizabeth sex worker murder series. The Kruger's Dop School Sword Attack, Brian the Stalker, Valcom, and the King of America. That, that's, that's the six chapters that are in the book. But like I said, each chapter covers everything from what happened prior to before to how they managed to catch the, the, the person and then eventually how, um, what happened in court, which is another interesting part of it. And he's got tons of these. I mean, we could do another two books with him on this, right? Wow. So if I, you have book, I have to just say, I have to just say, you mentioned the, the Krugersdorp sword attack. I recently, mm. it's one of the much earlier cases that Nicole Engelbrecht covered in her podcast. And I actually listened to it wow. just the other day. And she also covers it in yep. depth. She, her, her research is also absolutely meticulous. She doesn't just talk about a case. She goes into yeah. also the background and the, she researches and she speaks to people who've been involved and the, the investigators who've been involved, psychologists yeah. and I mean, parole yeah. officers, everyone. She speaks to whoever she yeah. can get her hands on and she's developed amazing relationships with, with a lot of the players in these, in these things. And that was one of the cases that she, she um, covered yeah. in quite a, her early days because that was mm. quite a few years ago. And, um, yeah. it was one of her early podcasts and I actually was listening mm. to that the other day and it's quite a horrific, uh, it's a horrific case. I mean, the, the no, kid just goes yeah. bossies one day and, um, yeah. it's, uh, yeah. yeah. And yeah. yeah. So she, so if you, when you get your hands on the podcast, go back. It's like yeah. really one of her very, very early ones. I think it was number six or seven and uh, she covers mm. that case in depth as well. And you know, another thing with this series, with these two books, is how wonderfully it's written. You know, that's another thing that really got me. He's a great writer. He's a good writer. And and I think that 
um, you know, you'll just sort of fly through them. And if you pick up either the first or the second, remember, you don't have to read them in any particular right. order. These are just more cases. So you can pick it up anywhere. Um, and, uh, you can pick them. So the first book and the second book is out now. You can, you can get them. You'll see it in store. It's, it's probably everywhere and, and online. Or you less. Yeah. How yeah. many more have you got for us? Cause we're going to take okay. a break. And yeah, we can. When we get five back. More. Okay, so we're going to rush through those. <laughs> okay. Because right. when we get back, that's what we're going to chat about. I love it when you read to me. This is People of the Book with Janice Leibovitz. You're listening to People of the Book. And today, this Chetty from Penguin Random House is giving us some amazing suggestions of what you can read right now. Most of the books are currently available. He has given us a few that are going to be out within the next month or two. But without further ado, let's get straight back into it. Okay, great. Um, okay, so I'm going to give all you fans of um, a bit of historical fiction, if you love historical fiction like I do. Um, there's a new Con Eagleton. If you know Con Eagleton, he's done really great books. I mean, over the... Over the years that he's been writing, I think mean, the, the way he puts a novel together, the research that he puts into it is just so tremendous. So it makes his novels so rich and, you know, it's sort of um, vivid. You know, you put you right back into the historical times. And this la- this one I'm going to give you is the last one in the trilogy um, of the Greco-Persian War. And the book is called The Lion. Um and um, it's by Con Eagleton. So it's the, the setting is ancient Greece, fifth century BC and it is the story of Pericles the who was called the Lion of Athens and his battle against the Persian army which at that time were the greatest so I think not a lot remember at that time the time of Pericles there was not a lot of records in fact and the, the recording actually started shortly afterwards so they didn't really record much of him so that's what's interesting, I think, about the book, because it is fiction, but, you know, he took what he could get into it. And I think it's, if you're into that sort of, you know, Greek mythology or not mythology, really, the Greek history, um, you'd love this. He never lets you down. He writes beautifully well. Um, it's action-packed. It's fast-paced. It's about one hero and how he brings um, you know, freedom to his people or just tries to tries to make the world a better place. So I think, yeah, if you're a fan of historical fiction and if you like Connie Golden, The Lion, uh, it's going to be out next month. So that's an August release. You should see it there. Uh, pick it up. It's going to be one of your biggest holiday reads if you are into historical fiction. Okay. Sounds yeah. quite epic. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. That's exactly it. Um, right. The next one is another big, big author on the list, Robert Harris. Um, some of you might have read um, some, you know, some of his bigger ones like Fatherland, The Ghostwriter, Munich and Conclave and things like that. So, you know, he does, what he does best is historical fiction. The last book, I think, was but different from, it was a departure from what he normally does. But I can tell you, this one is taking him all the way back into what he's really good at. So it's set in 1660 England, General Edward Wally and his son-in-law, Board a ship bound for the new world. They're on the run. They wanted for the murder of King Charles the First. 
Another one that does great historical fiction is uh, Robert Harris, and it takes it all the way back to 17th century England, and it's about these two men who are on the run for killing the king. And the book is called Act of Oblivion. Um, I think it's back to basics for, for Robert Harris. If you're a long-time fan of his and maybe you didn't like the last couple of novels that he put together, I think this is back to basics. So you're going to... You're gonna like this one. It's predominantly set in America, uh, cause remember they're on the run. <laughs> so, so, and if um, I was on the run, as... I'm not sure I'd go in a ship. It doesn't go very fast. Yeah. <laughs> but although, I don't know how many options they had back then. But... Yeah, that's true. I mean, you set, set sites for the new world, hopefully they don't yeah. find you. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's a, it's a fantastic read, fast paced, good, um, good characters in there. And I can tell you now, I mean, judging from what I've read and what I'm hearing online, people are loving this book. So I think it's back to, form for Robert Harris in this okay. one. And the book is called The Act of Oblivion. Right, and okay. then I've got the next one. Um, Carrie Soto is back. Taylor <gasps> Jenkins Reid. I love her. Uh, I know you love J- Taylor <laughs> Jenkins Reid, so that's why I, I put it on the list. <laughs> okay. Really like I, know, I, like, I know, I looked at it and I thought I, Janice is going to ask me about this, so even <laughs> if I don't put it on the list, she's going to say, why don't you put Taylor Jenkins Reid? I love Taylor Jenkins Reid. Like I brought to you, um, um, I'm not sure if we did Daisy Jones on the show. I'm pretty <gasps> sure we did Daisy Jones. Daisy Jones and the Six, one of yeah. my all-time favorite books. I know, it just had the most epic ending. It just left you, it literally that is, left me in tears the end of that That book. is just, um, that, that was, was beautiful. fabulous. Fabulous. Because you know there's a TV series. Yes, Reese Witherspoon's yeah. done it. Um, and and yes. I mean, that is based on the life of uh, Stevie Nicks and Fleetwood Mac, yes. they say. Yeah. Um, and yeah. yeah, I can't wait to see that. Uh, it's that, that is really one of my, that, that goes in my all-time top five favorite books. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. She's, you know, one of those authors that, you know, she, she's also become a sort of book a year author, so she's very prolific and she always gives you a book that's gonna entertain you and tug at your heartstrings and everything of the above. So all the best stuff that we love about books, she brings it to you. I think, um, this one is, is, you know, everybody, lo- I, I love a comeback story. Everybody loves a comeback story, right? So that's just exactly what this one is. It's about obviously a woman named Carrie Soto who, um, became a tennis she was a prodigy. I mean, she was just the best, right? She was the best of the best, um, the elite level of tennis. And at the age of, in a in sort of mid to late 30s, she retires from the sport. Um, she won every possible Grand Slam you can think of. She had 20 Grand Slam titles in total. And it, she had this sort of relationship with her father and, you know, a coach as well. It was also a coach. And that's sort of what the book is. So at the backdrop of all the stuff that happens in this novel, it's essentially about this relationship with her father. And you know, Taylor Jenkins really knows how to bring in, you know, all these emotions and connections right. and relationships. Yeah. And she's good at that. She's really good. So I think that's what's going to get you. So she's a star in a very young age. She gets to a, no one, they call her the battle axe because she was just so dogged about what she wanted to do and achieve. Like she's one of those people who just needed to achieve certain things and she would never stop at anything until she did. And at 37, she's now retired and she finds herself on a comeback trail. So she's going to re-enter the sport and she's going to re-compete again and, and she's going to prove to them that she might have been out, but she's definitely not. Uh, you know, out of the Damn, game. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's, oh, it's, it's fabulous. one of those comeback stories. It's, and it's fast paced. It's really, really well put together. I think that, um, people are going to love this. If you read Malibu Rising, um, recently, 
you know, that one is okay as well. I think Daisy Jones was just before that, maybe. Um, and now this one. Yeah. So yeah, she does something different every time. Yeah. Um, I, I love that about her. She's a great writer. You can really enjoy it. Carrie Soto is back. That's the novel. It's coming out next month. You'll see it in the store. You can't miss right. it. It's the most beautiful jacket. Right. Good. In the next one, uh, Lisa Jewell, The Family <gasps> Remains. Oh. Let's quickly talk about this one. <laughs> so I'm a it's big two in the fan, fa- in the and series. I know that lots of people cannot wait for this one. I have to tell you, I am, I've been reading this on my Kindle, and yeah. I think I have about 15 or 20% left. And it's uh, just, just a heads up. It is yeah. so good. <laughs> <laughs> so good. I know. We had a really great um, get together. Um, uh, we got all these authors in. I don't know if you see, you probably saw that interview with Lisa Jewell. Uh, we had yes. Mary Miranda. Yeah. Remember that and one? She's so like that one last. of those people I was talking about. She's so yes. lovely. And I'm yeah. like, where does she come up with this dark, twisty stuff? <laughs> <laughs> you yeah, know. there's cupboards in her. There's cupboards in her mind. That I know, <laughs> and I mean, I've I've interviewed her, and she's yeah. she's just so nice. Yeah, and yeah. wow, yeah, yeah. So you you'll be happy to know that this is a follow up. Now I'm not gonna I'm not gonna I know you're still getting through that one, but you will probably you, you know your readers are probably gonna want to read both of these. This one is number two. In the family remains. We did the family upstairs. Now the family remains. Yeah. Um, so very briefly, it's. One morning, um, in London, Samuel, um, Owuso is called to a scene of this terrible crime. He, he realizes that the victim, the bones of this victim are connected to a cold case that was left three people dead 30 years ago in Chelsea. Um, and, and sort of he's trying to now connect everything. So, in it's really great. What she does best is really good crime thrillers and yes. she writes well and it's good pace. You know it. So, um, yeah, if you've read The Family Upstairs, don't miss this one. It's called The Family Remains and this is going to be, um, in September. Um, sorry, in August as well. So that's coming in next month. So look out for it. If you haven't read the first one, pick it up, read it, and then move on to this one. Unputdownable. Right. <laughs> yeah, we throw that one around pretty loosely yeah. these days, but this one but really this is. This one really is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, yeah, the family. So the last one is um, probably one of our biggest titles on the Penguin Random House list for 2022. And I mean that in every sense of the word. I'm not just saying that um, when we got this news of this title, we were like, you know, this is going to be one of the biggest fiction titles of the year, not even with us, across the publishing space, you know. And, you know, this the previous book is is become... Now, it's become a classic, uh, but there's a lot of people who maybe don't like it. But, you know, like we talked about before this, The Boy in the Striped Pajamas came out, and lots of people thought, oh, it's a kid's novel. And it's not, really. It's really dark things in there, and it just so happens that the main characters are kids. So what John Boyne has done is written a follow-up to The Boy in the Striped Pajamas. And the book is called All the Broken Places, um, and it follows the life of um, the sister, um of Bruno in the story. So after the war, after all that happened and transpired in The Boy in the Striped Pajamas, what happened to the mother and the daughter? That's the question. And that's where this book goes. It's it's done in a sort of dual timeline. So you learn about, um, it's in every part, this it's split into parts. So there's, I think there's three or four parts and each one deals with um, the current timeline. So 2022. And then when she, when they left Germany and re- fled to Paris, and when she eventually fled to Australia and, you know, so and so forth. So it's such a beautiful structure. It's written stunningly well, as John Boyne does. 
Um, and it's about uh, Greta. And it's about her, what happened to her after the war. And there's so many arcs in the book. So if you've read the first one, you'll, you'll realize that he arced the story so many times, like he referenced something that happened in the, in the first book. So you cannot miss this. I can't wait for this one. I, I know that, that the boy in yeah. the striped pajamas, as far as Holocaust education goes, I know it is yeah. highly yeah. divisive and highly controversial. But um, I know that that a lot of people are looking forward to this book. And I'm afraid we're going to have to leave it there because yes. we are out of time. But, Chris Chessy, thank you so, so much for your time this morning. It has been great having you back on the show. And these are some absolutely fabulous choices that you've given me and my listener here. Thank you so, uh, so much. And no, thank I, you very much. I hope <laughs> that you have found something that appeals to you. And until next time, take care of yourself, take care of each other, do what you love, and read a book.